Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? We dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports on a global scale. This month, we are celebrating the ninth anniversary of Sports Business Radio, if you can believe that. Thanks for all your great support and listenership over the past nine years as we've grown the show. It's been a fun ride. We've got another great show lined up for you this week. Uh, B.R. Kahneman from Bandon Dunes, a terrific world-renowned golf resort on the coast of Oregon, is going to join us. They've got the Speed Golf World Championships on CBS this Saturday before coverage of the Masters. We'll catch up with B.R. Kahneman about what's new at Bandon Dunes. And this is really the first time Bandon Dunes has been showcased on network TV. So that'll be on CBS this Saturday. We'll talk to B.R. Kahneman coming up on the show today. Maury Brown from the biz of baseball.com. He's our business uh, of baseball insider. We'll talk about some of the top sports business storylines in Major League Baseball this season with Maury. And then one of my favorite players growing up and really an icon in Major League Baseball, Steve Garvey, the 1974 National League MVP. He still holds the National League record for consecutive games played. What a clutch player he was for the Dodgers and the Padres in playoff and World Series appearances. He's actually battling prostate cancer. He's raising awareness in his battle. And there's a special auction coming up where his 1974 NL MVP trophy will be auctioned off along with a few other items. So we'll catch up with Steve Garvey on our show today. A couple of other notes. Visit my sports business blog. Download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. You can follow me on Twitter at SB Radio. I'm joined by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, first, thanks for all of your help making this uh, last nine years a, a, a great ride. Yeah, it's been great. I, I came in probably, you know, four years ago or so, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm, it's always been an awesome show, and I'm excited that we're nine years going strong and continuing to uh, to get great interviews and great topics, and it's uh, it's a fun show. So let's talk about the NCAA tournament. What were your thoughts on that? The The big sports business headline with the tournament was it was the most watched tournament on TV in 19 years. So, you know, again, you had all the different platforms, CBS, uh, True TV, TBS, TNT. It seems to be a recipe for, for heavy viewing by the audience, highest ratings in 19 years. Yeah, and it's just such a great uh, build-up for the tournament. It's so fun because there's there's so much so much drama, different teams you've never heard of that are in their plan, and you know the Florida Gulf Coast one and all that kind of stuff. And you know it's exciting and it's always changing. And I think CBS does a great job giving it on you know five different channels or whatever it is. You can always flip around, and get the game. You can get it on your iPad. And I think that's what really draws the, the ratings. Is so many people are watching it all over the the country and the world on different platforms, and it all comes down to that Final Four, and everybody's ready to watch it. Yeah, the online viewership also up heavily this year. I thought the championship game was fantastic. In, in honesty, I thought college basketball was down a little bit this year. There wasn't that super team that stood out. Uh, it, I would call it a mediocre season overall, but I thought 
the championship game with Michigan and Louisville was played at a high level, and it was played that way for all 40 minutes. Yeah, I agree. I think it was uh, the, the Final Four was awesome. But, yeah, that last game was, was great. And, uh, you know, great venue there. They did, It looked great. The court looked good. The uh, crowd was good. It was just a, a fun spectacle to watch, definitely. Uh, Rutgers fired Mike Rice Jr. this week. You know, Griggs, they had to do this with the bad PR that came out after the video surfaced on Outside the Lines on ESPN. They they really had no other choice. There's no room for that type of behavior. And uh, if it looks like you're condoning that type of behavior or employing someone uh, and allowing that type of behavior, it's just not acceptable in today's society. 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of those obvious you've got to be gone, you got to be fired. And, you know, it's sad to see that it got to that point with Mike Rice and um, – you know, I just hope that his his future, this is a good eye-opener for him, that he can change that way and, and not take it home to the family or whatever else. Because obviously somebody that's that's doing that has has some anger issues, and I think the right choice was made by Rutgers. Well, and then the ouster of the AD afterwards. And it was interesting, you know, the, the worst thing that he did, and again, you know, I, my world is PR. He comes out and, and lets everyone know that uh, they had seen this video, you know, months ago. And they had done nothing about it other than suspend him for a few games. I thought that was the final nails in in his employment coffin at Rutgers as well. So the AD gets taken out. A lot of people think the president should go as well. So, uh, you know, another scandal in the NCAA. And Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, he's been on this show. They've had their challenges for sure. It seems like every few months a big challenge arises with college athletics. Well, yeah, and that's true. And like you said, then. a little bit of like the uh, the story of covering up. Finally, we come out. Oh, we knew about the video. You know, three months before it actually surfaced, and then finally, oh yeah, I've seen it before. And then it kind of just you know the thunderstorm goes on, and people are quitting and fire getting fired. And you see how the stuff like this big on this kind of platform and with all the social media these days, you just can't cover stuff up that's this big. So uh, a few other things. This is a great time of year. You've got Major League Baseball underway. We'll talk about that on the show today. You've got the Masters coming up this weekend, and then you've got NBA playoffs coming. And there's a lot for the sports fan to digest. What are you looking forward to? Uh, probably NBA playoffs. I think uh, it ramps up to another level, and it's always fun to see. Uh, I mean, look at the Lakers here squeaking in in the eighth spot possibly, and uh, and Kobe's playing crazy basketball right now. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen. So it's always fun to see uh, how that all turns out. Yeah, Miami's the heavy favorite, but I think – seeing how the West plays out, and especially, like you said, if the Lakers come in as an eight seed, who wants to play them as an eight seed in the first (laughs) round of the playoffs? I mean, if you're San Antonio or Oklahoma City and you draw them in round one, you're like, wait a minute here. We worked this hard to get the one or two seed, and this is what we get in the first round? Exactly. It's uh, You got the Lakers. It's always scary. All right. Coming up next, we are going to talk to B.R. Kahneman from Band and Dunes. We'll talk some golf. It's Masters weekend. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. Hi, it's Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I team with nationally known sports writer and broadcaster Rick Buecher former Nike PR senior executive Lee Weinstein, and veteran strategic communications executive John Lashway to form media and social media training firm Everything is on the Record. 
The Everything is on the Record team provides a unique blend of strategic PR and journalism expertise to our clients. We have worked in the trenches in corporate boardrooms with CEOs and company spokespeople. We've also worked in newsrooms alongside editors and reporters. Everything is on the Record uses an innovative and unique approach to media training. Through the use of current media and social media examples tailored specifically for you, we prepare you for how best to relate to the digital media world that exists today. Whether you're meeting with a reporter, sitting at your home computer, or typing on your smartphone, you're on the record. We'll also put you through real-life scenarios where you'd be dealing with a reporter, so when you see the real thing, you'll be well-prepared and comfortable. With the goal of enhancing your image, protecting your reputation, and helping you connect with the people who are most important to your brand, we will show you how to develop the skills you need to be successful in a world where everyone has a camera, a recorder, and a desire to make news. For more information on our services and to learn more about our team of communications all-stars, go online to everythingisontherecord.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at everythingisontherecord.com. You can call us today at 503-701-2215. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. My guest is B.R. Kahneman, the Director of Communications for Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. Bandon Dunes one of my favorite golf resorts in the world. I've had the pleasure of being down there several times and met B.R. last year. B.R., how are you? Good, Brian. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, let's talk about some of the things going on at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. Uh, pretty exciting. The Speed Golf World Championships are going to air this Saturday on CBS. Tell us about how that event came to happen at Bandon Dunes. Well, you know, for the last five or six years, we've hosted the Speed Golf event. And this year, we wanted to make it a little more legitimate. So uh, we put up a $50,000 purse and had 15 professionals compete in this event, which uh, took place last October. Uh, the professionals ran, uh, played a 36-hole tournament, and then we had 45 amateurs that played in a one-day 18-hole tournament. Um, so we, we took all the footage. We had a CBS crew out here with uh, filming the, the two-day event, and we had a CBS crew film it, and it will be turned into a half-hour special, uh, which will air on Saturday morning, uh, 10.30 Pacific, right uh, leading up to uh, CBS's Masters coverage. So. It's, uh, we're really excited about it. That's fantastic. Is this the first time that Bannon Dunes has been showcased on network TV? Absolutely, yeah. You know, this is a big jump for us from a marketing standpoint. Um, for so long, Bannon Dunes has kind of been the, uh, you know, kind of the in-the-know place, and people, you really had to be a hardcore golfer, um, uh, especially if you were on the other side of the country. Uh, so this is really our first delve into national television exposure. So from a marketing standpoint, we couldn't be happier. Yeah, I was excited about this, but I was also a little disappointed because for those of us who live in Oregon, it's kind of cool to uh, you know, know that we can get down to Bandon Dunes and that it's this uh, – I'm not going to say a great secret, but like you said, people who are in the industry know about it. But now everyone in the world is going to know about it after it's on CBS. Yeah, you know, the accolades have come in over the last couple of years, and you know, we're still fairly young. you got to think you know, Bandon Dunes is really only uh, 12, 13 years old, so um, – to, to really launch this on a, on a national scale, uh, really, it, we're terribly excited about it. And, you know, we've, we've really never had this much attention uh, on, on our little place in, in southern Oregon. So uh, we're very excited, and we're very excited to see uh, from a business perspective how this impacts um, our world down here. 
Now, Banadoon's Resort is a busy place. You have people coming from all over the world to play there. I know people come uh, on their private airplane. Some people like myself make the beautiful drive. But talk a little bit about the growth of the resort over the last 10, 15 years. Well, you know, the, the first the, the plan, it's kind of interesting. The, the plan started with uh, Mr. Kaiser having a vision for one course. And uh, the thought was, uh, I'm going to build one course and corresponding lodging to go with that. And if it's, if it's successful, I'll build two. And if that's successful, I'll build three, four, and five. And now we're at a point where we have 280 rooms, uh, four 18-hole golf courses, plus our new uh, par three course, Bannon Preserve, which opened last May. Brian, you and I had a, had a chance to play that together. Fantastic. Um, and then, you know, there, there's always something new. Now we have the Speed Golf World Championships. We just broke ground on our new putting course, the Punch Bowl. Uh, which will be a uh, three-acre site that is located just west of the Pacific Dunes Clubhouse. Uh, Tom Doak, Jim Urbina are, are doing it, and that will launch in the fall. So there is, it's very exciting to be in the communications field when there's so many good things happening and, and uh, new things happening every year. Yeah, it's really amazing the growth, like you said. Uh, it seems like, you know, maybe it's just me, but Every year or two, there's something new down there at the resort. I absolutely love the par three course that you unveiled uh, last year in this putting course. So the thing that's kind of cool is you can go out and you can be the hardcore golfer and you can have the challenges of the courses that are at Bandon Dunes. But if you just want to go out and kind of putts around with your buddies afterwards on the par three course or now this punch bowl putting course, that's also an option for you. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the, the highlight is on fun golf. And, you know, it's fun to play an 18-hole match, but it's also fun to take a eight-iron pitching wedge and a putter and go out and uh, have a few drinks and, and play the par three course. So, um, you know, I think we're all about fun things. So if, if there's something new and, and fun and different that we could do to engage golfers and uh, just make them kind of enjoy this retreat a little bit more, I think we're all about that. And I think the putting course, you'll see, uh, I was out there with Jim Urbina just last Saturday, and... Some of the, 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 you know, it's all dirt right now, but some of the, the putts that he was envisioning and, and pointing out are just incredible. I mean, some of the most creative, fun, wild putts that you've, you've ever played, you know, ranging from the 30-foot putt that you, you think you may be able to make to the 90-foot, I just hope to get it there in three putts. So, right. you know, I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. And, and, you know, it's just going to bring another fun aspect to Bannon Dunes, camaraderie, you know, you and your friends sitting out, having a good time, and uh, it, it, that's that's really what we're all about. BR, you've got some uh, renovations being done to Bandon Trails as well. Tell us about those. Uh, yeah, tr tr uh, Trails went through a four-month renovation, uh, which saw uh, significant changes to holes 2, 15, and then the most significant changes to hole 18. Uh, on 2, uh, we renovated the bunker along the, along the right side. Basically, anyone that's short right, is no longer going to get hung up in the in the bunker. Uh, it's now grass. The ball will will trickle down, so it's a little easier. It's a little easier on maybe a high handicap player who whose miss is short and right. So, uh, 15. We renovated that green. The green was a little bit severe, so we uh, did some uh, changes to that to make it a little more uh, a little softer, soften that green. And then 18. This, uh, the most significant change is 18 is pretty much a, a redo. You wouldn't recognize the hole. Um, right now, it's no longer a blind drive. So from the tee box, you can see the green. Uh, we took out the false front on the green. So if you're a little bit short, it's not going to come back all the way down at your feet. I think you know most of us have had that experience where 
you're half a club short going into the wind and it's back at your feet a hundred yards back, oh, yeah. uh, down in the fairway. So, uh, you know, I think these changes made the, the hole a little, uh, a lot more playable, uh, a lot more fun. Uh, and you know, this was basically a feedback that we received from guests over, over the last five or six years of this 18th hole is just a very difficult hole that, that we need to, we'd love to see change. So, um, uh, it's something that Bill Coor and Mr. Kaiser, uh, had talked about for a couple of years and it was nice that it's, um, that was able to get done. I'm actually heading out for my second round out there in about an hour. So I'm looking oh, forward to that. So jealous. Your job <laughs> is like the dream job. You get to go out and uh, do some interviews, play some golf. Thank you. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> B.R. Kahneman from Band and Dunes Golf Resort in Oregon is joining me. You can find Band and Dunes online at bandandunesgolf.com. Tell people uh, the order of, of play there at Bandon Dunes as far as which course gets the most play to maybe the least play. You know, it's really a personal preference. Um, you know, I think people, you know, they come here and they say, well, I, I want to see the ocean for four straight days. And so some people will leave trails out of that uh, conversation. But then you're going to get a lot of really good players who will say that Bandon Trails is maybe the best, uh, uh, best shot value on the property. Um, uh, and then you have people who say Old Mac because it's the most unique. It's you know Old McDonald is nothing like anything else in the U.S. It's it's the true authentic old school links type of course uh, that people really are are engaged by. Um, it's creative. It's fun. It's different. Uh, so it's really you know on on a we we go through that argument all the time sitting with with friends around the resort of what's your favorite and and it's a good argument to have. We like that argument of saying I like Bannon Dunes because Maybe Bannon Dunes has number 16, maybe the best hole on the property. Uh, you know, you have some of the some of the greatest vistas on Pacific Dunes. It's it's obviously the most highly ranked course. Um, but I think each course, and that's what makes this makes this unique. Each course has its own vibe and its own um, uh, its own following. And uh, you know, we like that. It's a good argument to have. You know, it's interesting. The first time I ever played Bannon Dunes, I was with a friend who's a very good golfer who has played in Scotland. And he said, if you drop me blindfolded out of a helicopter on the Bannon Dunes, I would think I was in Scotland. Is that like the ultimate compliment for it's what you're going for? Completely. That is the ultimate compliment. You know, we strive to be that authentic Lynx uh, destination. And uh, if we can give, uh, you know, U.S. golfers, and that's Mr. Kaiser's vision, is bringing Lynx golf to U.S. golfers, uh, we're, that, that, that's thrilling for us. So. Uh, you know, getting U.S. Uh, U.S. golfers to to love Lynx golf, to learn those the shot values, the creativity that Lynx golf brings out of us, the knockdown shots, the putting from off the green, drivers into the wind, all that stuff. Um, you know, and and it's really about you know not worrying about your score, going out there and just experiencing the golf course for what it is. Don't worry about I'm a I'm a four handicap, but I shot an 85. You know, that's not what this place is all about. It's about the camaraderie that you build. It's about experiencing uh, a, a beautiful link style course and really uh, immersing yourself with this experience. So that's, um, yeah, that, that is a tremendous compliment for anyone that's been to uh, been overseas and played golf, Scotland or Ireland, uh, to come over here and, and have the similar experience. The other thing that's phenomenal is the accommodations that you have there. We talked about that a little earlier, but the lodging, the restaurants, the brew pub, uh, a lot of resorts, that's an afterthought for them. It's more about the golf. Every, you've done everything correctly, in my opinion, at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. And to me, I have as much fun 
after the round sitting in your your Irish pub or you know having a nice dinner and looking out on an amazing view on the ocean uh, as I do out on the golf course yeah that's that, that you know that really adds to the experience and while you know we stress fantastic golf uh, there's always that opportunity to to give people something to do in the evening I, I was in the pub last night watching the the national championship game and the vibe was fantastic I mean obviously the game was great and you know back and forth and what a what a, what a great place to watch the game but more than anything, it, we were all just there, uh, you know, a group of 20 guys from San Francisco had just gotten off the course, you know, went, kept, went straight to the pub, uh, and they were just having a great time, you know, hooting and hollering and placing bets on the game. And, and really, you know, it was, just a, uh, it was just a lively experience, and that's kind of what we try to, to bring here. Um, I, you know, I really like the variety that we bring. You can have a more casual uh, dinner, say, in the pub or maybe even at Trails, uh, or you can sit down and have a nice steak or, or a nice grilled salmon in the, um, in the gallery and have, you know, the view overlooking Bannon Dunes 18. So uh, the variety is there, the camaraderie is there, and uh, we really embrace that. A few minutes left with B.R. Kahneman of Bannon Dunes Golf Resort in Oregon. So a lot of people starting to dust off their golf clubs right now. The Masters is upon us this weekend, as you mentioned earlier. Are you starting to see uh, more people get out on the golf courses where you are? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to, uh, you know, May 1st marks kind of the, the in, our, in our world, the start of high season. Um, you know, but for any, uh, any hardcore golfer in Portland, you know that we get some great weather down here in the spring. So, you know, March, April are fantastic times. The rates are a little more attractive. Uh, and so what we are definitely starting to ramp up and, and business is, is good down here. So, uh, anyone that, uh, anyone that's looking for a last minute trip, I, I mean, I'm looking out my window right now and it's, it's actually probably about 60 degrees with no wind right now. So uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty spectacular right now. Are you one of those people who watches the Masters uh, glued to the TV start to finish? Or, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll you know, on my on my computer throughout the day. Thank God it's streaming, and then as soon as CBS coverage uh, kicks on, I watch it. So, in you know, I'm in three or four different pools, and it's uh, it's really one of the best weeks to be a golf fan. So I I, I love every minute of it. You know, it's uh, you can say what you want about Tiger Woods, but when he's playing like he is right now, when he's number one in the world, people tend to be more engaged. The casual fan knows Tiger Woods, so it seems to be a really good time for golf. Absolutely, you know, he really, uh, you know, hardcore golfers, uh, you know, say what you want about his um, about his off course uh, stuff, but uh, you know, he, there's no doubt in saying that he's really great for golf, um, and so when he's on. Um, you know, the, the whole golf world is just a much better place to be. So, uh, you know, you have people like Tiger and, and Rory now playing better, uh, Bubba coming back for his, uh, to, to vent his title. It's just a really good week to be in the golf industry, and, and the, the vibe is great. The chatter around the resort right now is fantastic with people placing bets and, and, and that. Uh, so it's just a fun place to be right now. Now, Kemper Sports, which manages – Bannon Dunes. What are some of the other courses around the country that uh, you guys manage? So Kemper Sports manages about 100 courses around the country. Uh, in the Northwest, uh, Heron Lakes in Portland uh, would be the most prominent that you're probably familiar with. Also Chambers Bay, which will host the uh, U.S. Open in a couple of years. Also hosted the Amateur USAM in, in 2012. Um, so there are uh, about 100 courses around the country based in Northbrook, Illinois. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful company started by Steve Lesnick and, and Josh Lesnick who uh, is the former GM at Bannon Dunes and is now the president of the company. 
Um, so it's just it's just a wonderful company to be in and really a, a, a wonderful family company to be a part of. That's fantastic. How can people follow Bannon Dunes Golf Resort online, on Twitter, all that good stuff? Check us out on our Facebook page, also Bannon Dunes Golf on Twitter. Uh, I encourage anyone to go on our homepage, BannonDunesGolf.com, as you mentioned before. Check out, there's a one-minute teaser video from the Speed Golf World Championships, which will start on, uh, as I said, Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. on CBS. Uh, it really gets you into the vibe of this, uh, of this event. I mean, it's golf like you've never seen it. And, uh, you know, while, while you and I might not go and, and run around and, and play speed golf, I think the, the tenets of speed golf are pretty strong in, in saying that you don't have to be a, a, uh, playing quickly, playing uh, faster, can obviously improve your game. So as you, as you know down here, Brian, we're real strong on pace of play, and we do our best to keep pace of play pretty, pretty swift. And uh, so this, this was just a perfect tie-in for us to support speed golf. And how can people follow you personally on Twitter? At, at B. Kahneman uh, on Twitter. Um, so B-K-O-E-H-N-E-M-A-N-N on my Twitter feed. Excellent. It is always a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, again, my favorite golf resort in North America, Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. I'm lucky I live nearby. Uh, can't get down there enough. i got to get down there sometime this year. And, We'd love to have you. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. And, uh, you know, always great to catch up. So let's talk again soon. Sounds good, Brian. Thanks for having me. No problem. That's VR Kahneman from Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. This is Sports Business Radio. My guest is Maury Brown with the bizofbaseball.com. He's a great follow on Twitter, at bizballmaury. Maury, how are you? I'm doing well, Brian. How are you today? I'm doing very well. So Major League Baseball is upon us. What are some of your top storylines for Major League Baseball uh, as the season gets underway? Well, I mean, there are a few, Brian. I mean, there's certainly uh, what's been going on with uh, the Miami Marlins with the big fire sale that went to uh, the Blue Jays, and then that means that we'll be watching the Blue Jays to see how well they perform in not only the standings but in terms of attendance. Uh, The Dodgers are a huge story, of course, given that uh, they're, they're trying to get Major League Baseball to approve their um, television deal, which could be anywhere from six to eight billion dollars, 
Uh, and of course, they've they've gone out into the free agency space. They opened this, the the uh, season with the second highest payroll in baseball, behind only the Yankees, which leads us very well into what the Yankees have been up to, which is one of the you know they, I could say that they're an AARP team right now. Uh, they they're you know they're they're really pushing the envelope in terms of the word veteran lineup. Uh, you know, there's that. There's the Houston Astros moving into the uh, AL West, and you know, having the lowest payroll in baseball at 27 million dollars. Uh, you know, we're watching the Mariners. They've done some capital improvements to their ballpark, which includes the largest video screen in baseball. And I went to opening day up there, Brian, and it was mind-boggling to see it. It was so large, and uh, and and quite impressive. You know, so there's a whole lot going on around the game it's a very exciting year you know a lot of baseball fans are excited you know we're about six games in uh so it's very early but you know uh it's another year and it's uh it's a pretty exciting time for baseball yeah i'm definitely watching the storyline of the enormous payrolls in los angeles with the dodgers and the angels i think the shift of of power at least payroll wise has gone from red sox and yankees it's gone out to california with the dodgers and the angels and a lot of it has to do with this TV money that you talk about. But uh, it's interesting. Will the amount of money that they're spending equate to the results on the field that they want? Well, so this is the, you know always the question. You know, Are you getting value for your money? Um, and each year I look in terms of the effectiveness and, and whether you're getting your bang for your buck. So you can be ineffective and, and in terms of your player payroll, as long as it equates to performance on the field, if you have enough money coming in and, and you're blowing large sums of money, I mean, that's kind of been the Yankee way, of, certainly during George Steinbrenner's time. You know, we may be spending a small fortune and, and we may not be, you know, efficient in our spending, but as long as we make a World Series appearance and win that World Series, then we're fine with it. And the Dodgers are in this position to where they have so much money coming in that it is a large amount. If they're able to make the postseason in the World Series and, and potentially win that World Series, even if they're overpaying, they'll say it was money well spent. Um, you know, of course, the, conversely, the bad side of that would be if they're spending, you know, $230 million and they don't make the playoffs, it'll be a bust. And that's, of course, you know, the open-ended question. Um, spending money doesn't always equate to winning. As Stan Kasdan, the uh, president and CEO of the the Dodgers, said to me at the winter meetings, um, it doesn't. It never hurts to be rich, but you have to be smart first. And so we'll have to see how well that's working for Ned Coletti and the Dodgers. Moy Brown of the dot com is joining us here on Sports Business Radio. Some big contracts handed out to pitchers over the off season: Justin Verlander, King Felix, Zach Greinke, Clayton Kershaw is on deck. Maury, I've always been on record as saying is I would never give a pitcher. I don't care how young he is. I don't care how good he is. I'd never give a pitcher more than five years. Were you blown away by the money handed out to some of the stud pitchers this offseason? Well, I mean, I'm blown away by the length. I mean, um, I, I should probably retract that. I'm not blown away. I'm uh, concerned about uh, the contract durations more than the money. Um, the durations of them lend themselves to the money, and that's why the, these links have gotten so, so uh, uh, I, I would say, risky. They're fraught with exceptional risk. And this is, this is the problem that we're bumping into, Brian, with this TV money. Or, you know, and this isn't just at the local level with the Dodgers 
uh, the Rangers, the Angels, you know, Astros, Padres. It, it will double next year for the national TV money in the league. And with this extra money, what you're starting to see is teams that have talent that they've developed internally are are giving extensions to those players and wrapping those players up. That dilutes the free agency pool, which in turn makes for some of these longer deals. Uh, and and when that happens, you know, I, I think that you've got teams that are going, well, you know, if we get 60% of our value out of this contract, we'll be happy. And that seems, I, I find that to be ludicrous. Um, I was talking to Pat Gillick, the Hall of Fame general manager, uh, you know, won World Series with both the Blue Jays, the Phillies, and was, you know, former GM of the Mariners. And I asked about these contract durations for pitchers, and he got very serious about it. You know, he said, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's fraught with not only risk, but messes with uh, payroll flexibility. Um, he doesn't like it at all. He was, of course, notorious for giving only three-year contracts to pitchers. You're talking about a five-year model for you, and I think that that's probably, you know, in this current market, a reasonable one. But, I mean, if teams want to be able to go out and get, uh, you know, star veteran pitchers, that's the price you're going to have to pay. Um, we'll see how that comes or whether that comes back to bite some of these clubs as they near the end of their, their contract lives. You know, then I look at a guy like Mike Trout, who barely makes above the minimum. And many executives in baseball would tell you that he's the best all-around talent in baseball. And I wonder, will the day come when it comes back to haunt the Angels that they're giving him just a little bit over the minimum? And I know how it works with arbitration, and you got to pay your dues, and they want to see more than one year. But this guy seems to be a special talent, and the fact that he's only making a little bit over the minimum. Heck, if you paid him $2 million this season, that'd be a nice raise over what he got last year, and he'd probably feel pretty good about this season but Albert Pujols is going to make more in a month this year than Mike Trout will in an entire season. It doesn't seem fair. Well, and this is this is the thing. So the clubs will say, well, you know, it doesn't seem it, it's not fair to us what we're paying through the nose in terms of these contracts and free agency, which you and I just discussed. Um, they'll say, you know, that's how the system works. We get three years of club control, and we do that. But I mean, certainly there's the capacity for what you you say, Brian. I mean, I distinctly remember. Uh, Prince Fielder um, in, in his situation when he was with Milwaukee and he was like, really, you guys are going to do this to me? I'm your highest, you know, offensive output. And he, he said when the time came that, you know, he, he would remember that. So the capacity is there for that to happen. Um, I, I personally don't understand why you don't give somebody, you know, at least a, a, a reasonable bump. I mean, it doesn't have to be exorbitant, but I mean, if they're willing to go out and get you know, Albert Pujols and Hamilton, why wouldn't you get there and, and do that? I'm sure that what's going to happen here is by the right as they're coming up on salary arbitration, if the Angels are smart, and they would say, you know, let's try and work out a long-term deal. Let's try and make this, you know, make up for that in some way or shape or form. But he may be in a position where he goes, you know, forget it. I, I might be better off just doing this year-to-year -year and, and test the free agency waters. Yeah, I just think it's extremely short-sighted on the Angels' part because you've got a guy who, let's face it, after Hamilton and Pujols are done, this is the guy who's the face of your franchise. I mean, what is he, 20 years old, 21 years old? He's got a long career, it would seem, in Major League Baseball. And to treat him this way after the season he produced last year, which was historic for a rookie, uh, it just doesn't seem to be good business to me. Maury Brown from thebizofbaseball.com is 
joining us. Maury, an interesting story in the New York Times um, asking if Major League Baseball has a problem attracting African-Americans to baseball. I guess a committee has recently been put together, according to the New York Times, to look into this. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, it has been a growing concern. I mean, this story has been around for a while now. Um, whether it's been the uh, advent of the Jordan era in basketball, whether there's concerns about um, athletes in terms of being able to translate quickly over to the pros, which you do see in the NFL between the collegiate ranks and the NBA, um, the, it is a concern. I mean, here we have, you know, we're, we're, we're talking, everybody's talking about uh, 42 hitting the big screen at the movies and the difference that Jackie Robinson made. And we're talking about Henry Aaron's anniversary for hitting, you know, breaking Ruth's home run record. And yet there has been this decline. Conversely, of course, the league will tell you, you know, look at the growth in Latin American players and, and, you know, that there's a large percentage of foreign players that are in the game. But in America, you know, it is. And part of this problem, I think, is due to the fact that, you know, the, the, the issues that we just mentioned, you know, for the league, until they institute an international draft, sometimes it's cheaper for them to go out and find foreign players than they are in, during uh, the draft that we currently have domestically in North America. So this is a problem, right? I mean, you've got players that are, are choosing football and basketball, um, funding for baseball at the amateur level, certainly for Little League and whatnot. It's easy for a kid to go out and get a basketball and go down and, and do pickup games and play in high school. You know, it requires a team to basically go play baseball. It's not something that's easy to do. It's a problem, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I think that it's wise for the league to look into this. I don't know whether they have to get younger and hipper because the demographic, of course, is much older for baseball than it is for other sports, and the NFL continues to make inroads in terms of its popularity. Um, it's a concern, and I'm glad to see that the league is doing it. I don't know how they fix it, um, but it's something that they need to look into. Do you think there's any thought ever, and I know this question has been posed many times before, 162-game season. The games are three, three-and-a-half hours long. We live in you know what I call the 140-character world of Twitter where everyone has a short attention span. Do you think Major League Baseball would ever address kind of the structure of their game to attract not only African-Americans but just the today's fan that has pretty much ADD? Well, and this is, you know, I, this is the problem that baseball faces. You know, there, it's, it's a very, um, a game rooted in tradition. It's been around for a long time. Um, I'm of the belief, I wrote about this last week, that things like the designated hitter may eventually wind up in both leagues. Um, you know, but in terms of addressing the length of the game, I don't see it saying, you know, we're going to go into sudden death. When we hit, you know, the ninth, the end of the ninth, and we're figuring out some way to do that, um, it, it would be a radical shift. I mean, certainly things like uh, I, you know, we always talk about the batter stepping out of the box and the length of time in between pitches and stuff. I, I'm of the belief that they need to deal with um, these conferences on the mound, which you see often. And you know, they should just make it like, hey, you you can only do a limited amount of these things. There are ways to address it, but I don't know if there's an easy fix, Brian. Um, it's just the way that the game is, and uh, and that's going to be a problem. I mean, the NFL, you know when it's going to start, when it's pretty much going to end. It lends itself very well to television, um, and, and that's the issues that they're going to have to try and face. 
Well, tell you, uh, a press release just came out about the task force that has been commissioned to tackle these issues. And I like the people on it. Stuart Sternberg, the principal owner of the Tampa Bay Rays, Dave Dombrowski of the Tigers. Uh, you've got the old school guys like Frank Robinson, Hall of Famer. Uh, Jerry Manuel's on it. Ken Williams, the executive vice president of the White Sox. So I like the fact that they're getting some smart people together in a room to discuss these issues because I think they can't be ignored anymore. Well, and, and you know, I'm glad to see that they're, they're getting those players and executives on there. Um, I would like to see, if it was me and I was setting this up, I would get somebody in the advertising space in there because it's a marketing issue in my mind. Um, I'm glad to see, you know, one of the best initiatives that they had was the MLB Fan Cave and trying to make it hipper, you know, getting more insight into the players. You know, Peter Gammons, when he shifted over to uh, work for MLB.com, said he wanted to focus on the personality of the players. And although we could say this anecdotal and, you know, this is kind of, you know, uh, you know, softball stuff, I think it's important for the game that we understand that there are personalities in the game. That's why I think we are uh, drawn to – you know, fear the beard when, you know, when we have Brian Wilson doing his thing with the Giants and Lincecum with his hair, you know, the more personalities that we have in the game, the more endearing it is to not only those that are looking to want to become part of the game, but those that are fans. It will grow the game, you know, in terms of its popularity. That's the issue. You know, I mean, baseball from a marketing perspective, it's just, it's difficult um, you've got more international players like we talk about, and for whatever reason, they haven't been able to market uh, Latinos or Mexican-American players You know that have a different background. We're looking to see the African-American group grow. We're looking to see more star players that are, you know, even uh, Caucasians, you know. So it's a marketing issue as much as it is uh, those executives in Major League Baseball that want to see it. I hope that they will try and work those those channels where they can. Well, and the other thing we've discussed, you and I, many times in the last few years is the decline of baseball on TV. So the TV ratings, especially for the marquee showcase, the World Series, have declined over the last several years. That's got to be concerning, especially when you see NFL ratings skyrocketing and NBA does pretty good on TV. And uh, live sporting events is a big draw on TV for the networks. Major League Baseball hasn't been in that in that group lately. Well, and th- to that, I mean, the, the difficulty with that, of course, is that when it comes to baseball, um, and I know fans hate this, but there's, you know, some of the problems that we're seeing in terms of economic disparity with the television deals, while it hurts the, the league in the regular season and hurts the league overall, at the end of the day, I, they would never admit this, they don't want to see a Kansas City-Pittsburgh World Series. It, as great as it would be to see, you know, in terms of parity across the league, you want a Dodgers-Yankees World Series. You want large market storied franchises in your World Series. It, it resonates with the, nationally. With the NFL, the advantage, of course, they always have is that it's, a, it's an event-driven thing. Right. You, you know, you don't really care. I mean, you care who the teams are. But at the end of the day, nationally, it's this idea that it's this event. And that's the problem I think baseball has. It's going to ebb and flow depending on who's in there. So until you get those storied franchises in there, as great as it is to see parity with, say, the Rays or the Diamondbacks or the Rockies, what you really want to see are those storied uh, marquee franchises. Last thing for you, it's made headlines in the last few weeks. Uh, 
Robinson Cano has fired Scott Boris. He's retained Jay-Z. Jay-Z is getting into the agent business. He's divesting his shares in the Nets. He's also going to represent Victor Cruz of the New York Giants, wide receiver. Uh, what do you think about this? Because Robinson Cano, now I'm not so much uh, concerned about Jay-Z or anything like that, but Robinson Cano, you would think, is the face of the Yankees going forward. The Yankees are so tied up into that A-Rod contract. Don't they have to sign Robinson Cano no matter what? No, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know, Brian. They're so fixated on getting underneath uh, the $189 million luxury tax threshold uh, next year, I'm not so sure. I mean, I you know what? I would say as an investment in terms of player, um, they might consider it. But um, depending upon how they are able to basically move payroll around, um, I mean, and certainly this Vernon Wells deal that they just did is a great example. I mean, the you know the Angels are picking up a large percentage of that. Um, it, you know, I, and I think you're right in terms of whether it's Jay-Z doing this thing. Look, Jay-Z is going to go out and hire baseball people. It's not like the guy is going to sit there. I mean, Scott Boris is the same way. Scott Boris may sit down there and, and apply the thumb screws, but he's got a massive army of people behind him that are doing all this statistical legwork in order to, for him to make his case. So, um, I mean, you know, I don't know if the Yankees are ever going to be in a position where they feel like they have to sign somebody. I think that they're more going to be concerned about what they're going to do from a position of moving forward in 2015. I think that that the next two years are really going to be about getting underneath that luxury tax threshold. And if Robinson Cano fits into that long term, then I, I, they'll probably sign him. But I don't know if it's a if it's a deal breaker in terms of whether they do or don't. If it's something that's too rich for their taste in terms of everything else that's in play right now, they may let him slide. Great stuff as always from Maury Brown, thebizofbaseball.com. You can follow him on Twitter at bizballmaury. Maury, thanks as always for making the time. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Brian, and have yourself a good day. You too. This is Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. More of the show is coming up. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get my... Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bowl Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Steve Garvey. He's a 10-time All-Star. He's the 1974 National League MVP. He's one of baseball's most popular figures. Steve, how are you? Good, Brian. Great introduction. Thanks. So, so many questions for you, but I want to first start with your health. You were diagnosed with prostate cancer late last year. How are you feeling? Good. Good, good, good. I, um... 
me walk you through the process a little bit because we're on a prostate awareness uh, drive right now. But uh, over the last 10, 12 years, I've been um, taking PSA tests with my blood panels. And uh, my dad had prostate uh, at 64 radical prostatectomy. So uh, I've been aware of that. Uh, last spring, my my uh, PSA count was up. My uh, internist said, well, let's take another one three months. Let's monitor it, stay on top of it. Took one in June. It was higher, so we decided to be proactive. And uh, I'm on the board of neurosurgery at UCLA, so we called up the, uh, the urology department. And Dr. Mark Litwin, who's the chair there, said, well, let's set up an appointment as soon as possible. And came in the next week and sat down, and he said, well, let's take it one step at a time, and let's do a biopsy. And that came back uh, positive. So um, my wife and I met with Dr. Litwin again about a week later and went through all the different options. And, and finally he said, and, I, and we always ask our doctors, what would you do? Right. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, well, I would do a radical prostatectomy. He said, uh, you don't really need the prostate. He said, let's eliminate it and go from there. So um, had the radical prostatectomy at the end of October and listened to my doctor and was patient, and we took a blood test about three weeks ago, and it was uh, exceptional. It was 0.1 negative, which Dr. Litwin says, well, I, I think there's no cancer, you know, in that area. Um, but when God throws you a curve, you know, especially being an old baseball player, uh, and you're able to hit that curve out of the ballpark, then you're, you're so thankful, and we've been doing a lot of prostate awareness and campaigns and programs coming up, and, you know, us men are different than women. You know, when women find out about breast cancer, they're proactive, they talk about it, they meet about it, they support each other, they do walks and programs. And when a man hears prostate, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll take a test. Right. You know, five, ten years later, uh, all of a sudden they've got it and it spreads and, and we lose uh, we lose good men. So now we're just really focusing on you know, men opening up. And, and since I've had this uh, my prostate cancer, the number of emails and the number of men I never knew had a prostate operation or, or been challenged by it uh, have uh, called me and talked to me and they said, Garb, we're on board. So uh, now we have a little campaign called Are You Man Enough? And uh, we're going to start that. And, and are you man enough to uh, be proactive? And start by that, having that PSA test. Good for you uh, for taking when, this challenge and, and raising awareness because like you said, you're so right. Men tend to not talk about things and we kind of crawl into our man cave and, and yeah. uh, this is a great thing that you're doing. Well, we are. We're solving, solving global problems and we're dealing with the economy and, oh, you know, I'm so busy and I got the kids. But you're never too busy to, to, um, to deal with your life and, and, and we said a lot now – Take a look at that, that woman in your life, the woman you love, uh, maybe your wife or your girlfriend or mother or sisters or daughters or whatever, and look at them and don't be selfish. You know, be proactive. Uh, if, if you catch this soon enough, the percentages are extremely high that you're going to be successful with it and eradicate it. So, um, you know, we're trying to hit, hit guys on all fronts. <laughs> number one, your life itself. Number two, the people that uh, that that love you. And number three, you know, if we're blessed in life uh, to be able to make a difference, let's stand up and, and do this together. Baseball icon Steve Garvey is joining me. You mentioned uh, scpauctions.com. The auction is taking place now. You've been gracious enough to 
donate your 1974 National League Most Valuable Player Award and the historic 1984 NLCS Game 4 walk-off home run bat inscribed by you to this auction to uh, raise awareness for prostate awareness. And, and what a generous thing for you to do. Well, it's interesting. People say, oh, gosh, how can you donate your, your memorabilia like this? And if you look at the gentleman that on a quarterly basis, especially with uh, SCP, um, last quarter it was Ozzie Smith and, and the family of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and, and uh, Oscar Robertson. And this this group with me, uh, John Havlicek, uh, Raleigh Fingers, Chris Mullins, Reggie Jackson's game-worn jersey for the, the World Series. You know, all these awards and achievements aren't going away. You know, we, we, we did these things. The, the figural display of a trophy, a ring, a picture, or whatever, we've all been looking at for years and years. You know, and I think as we get older, we decide what do we want to do with the rest of our lives? You know, how do we want to accomplish that? And one way is sharing your memorabilia with others. And I, I think that's what uh, we're doing now. SCP is a fabulous auction house. Uh, to get their catalogs or just to go online. It's an online auction that's starting, I believe, today. Uh, you'll see the quality of what they do and, and the quality of the items that they're auctioning. And again, that's scpauctions.com where you can find that auction. You always conducted yourself in a class manner during your career. And I would imagine now when you're asking people for help with an initiative like this, that's when you really see the payoff and the people rally around you, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, as a parent, I have five daughters and two sons. And I remember my mom and dad uh, always imploring me to treat others as you would like to be treated. You know, we're all human beings. Uh, life on this earth is, is both a blessing and a challenge. Um, let's do it together. You know, let's make it the best possible place uh, uh, on earth to live. Uh, it's never going to be easy, but if we do it together, it's going to be easier, so to speak. So it's times like this when uh, I think we can make a difference, you know, through awareness, uh, through research. UCLA is a fabulous research department. Uh, going into communities uh, and helping uh, those men who can't afford a PSA test, may not know about a PSA test, and then uh, supporting our doctors that, uh, on a clinical basis every day, have their patients like myself uh, to treat, to nurture, to support, um, to, uh, God willing, eradicate the cancer. Steve, I want to talk about your son for a moment. You have a son who plays in yeah. the Colorado Rockies organization. What's it like to be – the parent of hopefully a, a future major leaguer. Well, I'm very proud of Ryan. It's uh, over the years, you know, he's had to to overcome being Steve Garvey's son and the pressure. And every tournament he played in, everybody, oh, there's Garvey, you know. And if he struck out or popped up, ah, he's not like his dad. But uh, I've always told him, I mean, you're your own person. You know, obviously, I love you and support you. Um, it takes a village, as any family knows, mm. uh, with a young athlete or even the, their children who may be in other walks of life. Um, so, you know, he's handled it well. He had a very good spring, had a little tweaked thigh at the end of it. So he's at extended training in Scottsdale, but he'll be reassigned uh, quite sure pretty soon. And he just loves the game. You know, he has a passion for it. Uh, I have another son, uh, Sean Fitzpatrick, who's 14. Uh, He's more of a football player. He's got a little more mentality like that. Yeah. <laughs> it shows on the baseball field. He, 
he gets up. He, he's not good at taking pitches. So, um, <laughs> Pretty aggressive, which is okay. Huh? Yeah, you rather have aggressiveness and dial it back than than have you know a, a young athlete who's passive and try to dial it up. So uh, after five girls, God bless me with the two boys, and, and Ryan's making nice progress, and hopefully one day he'll he'll be able to reach the major leagues and enjoy a career like I had. I've got to ask you about the Dodgers' new ownership group. I know at one point you had. Uh, wanted to be part of an ownership group of the Dodgers. What do you think of the new ownership group and the the vibe that they've brought to the Dodger organization? And do you have any future hopes to be part of an ownership group, or were the Dodgers a special situation for you? Oh, um, those are multiple questions. Let's see. I'll take take the first one. Uh, I did have a group together. Oral Hershiser was with me. Yeah. Uh, it was very competitive. There are a number of groups uh, going up until the spring of last year. Um, we reached about $1.4 billion, which is one of the great accomplishments of my life. Uh, but the Guggenheim partners, um, you know, were well-planned, well-thought-out, uh, had secured the, the resources and kept bidding up to one point, I think, uh, 2.15. And, uh, and happy for them. I just wanted to... To, uh, to bring the Dodgers back to, to the glory again. We had a great business plan and the neat things we were going to do, but to really be a steward on a daily basis to bring that grand, great franchise back to life. And, and Guggenheim pledged to invest in it and to, to do, do the same thing, and, and I think they've made great steps. And You know, you're only new once, so they acquired the team in May last year, and it's a tough time to make any difference, but they worked hard in the offseason, made a number of changes uh, to the stadium, and of course, on the field, they have uh, have a team which I think can win a world championship. So I'm I'm happy for them, impressed by them. I've met several of the owners, and uh, I think they're very dedicated. And of course, Magic Johnson's been more of the, the public face, and uh, Magic's a, a proven winner. And Michigan State are like me, so I think the the franchise and the going forward is in good hands. I remember when you signed with the Padres for something in the neighborhood of $6 million. Now you're talking about $1.4 billion. You see the money that's being paid to players. Do you sometimes just shake your head and go, wow? Well, the economics of the business of, of uh, baseball has changed dramatically. You know, Starting in the late 80s, early 90s, cable television started to, to, uh, to become a significant player in the media world. And, uh, and it drives baseball now. You know, these big uh, cable contracts, I know the Dodgers have one with uh, Time Warner next year, I believe over $7 million. Each team is now a, a media company, and uh, their contracts with, with the cable company in their area, with baseball's uh, national program, uh, with their online, with BAM, a source of income, I think now more than ever, uh, a sport like baseball is continuing to grow, and and rightfully so, you have to compensate the players. And the players are now making upwards of in the top guys, $20, 25000000 million. Um, and the mean salary is up. But I think it's all driven by the value of live sports programming now. And, of course, that means you know, a lot of games on cable TV. So we know you're raising awareness for, for prostate cancer and getting checked, but in addition to that, what else are you doing? I know a lot of our audience wants to know what you're doing uh, to keep busy these days. Well, I started Garvey Media Group uh, several years ago, and, and we're a, uh, 
uh, media consulting company, strategic consulting. We uh, brand development. We'll take a company as an old visible brand uh, and bring them back to life. We'll take a, a new company um, and position them. Uh, we use sports a lot. We do a lot of uh, um, advertising in stadiums and arenas. Uh, use radio and television for event events. We have a company like Natural Balance uh, Pet Foods. That's a great client. They do a bark in the park in a number of stadiums around the country where you can bring your dog to to um, a game. And uh, we have a pup rally in center field about an hour and a half before and give away your supply of natural balance. And then oh, that's great. for the game. Yeah, they they yeah, people do a parade around the stadium. So, <laughs> you know, it's fun for me. It's a fun business. I do a lot of motivational speaking and uh, I'm just a big fan who keeps watching the Dodgers and Padres and baseball. And I know you're on Twitter now, at Steve Garvey 6 yeah. How do you like Twitter? Uh, it's fun, especially for a guy who's got a lot of kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I tweet them, and, of course, you know, you're texting and emails. But it's a great way to really, you know, stay in touch with a fan. And I started, gosh, earlier in the year, and I've got about 5,000 now, 5,500 uh, followers. And it's fun, you know. And I, I like to send out messages, and especially now with our prostate awareness and helpful living uh, you know, concepts that it, it's good. And, you know, I kind of bring my insight into my tweets sometimes about games or the season or situations and get a pretty good response. So I, I enjoy it. You've been a fun follow. Uh, I want to remind everyone to go to scpauctions.com. Again, uh, Steve Garvey has been generous enough to Donate his 1974 National League Most Valuable Player Award and the historic 1984 NLCS Game 4 walk-off home run bat that he's inscribed. It was voted the greatest moment in San Diego sports history, by the way. Uh, so go to scpauctions.com. Steve, continued good health to you. Uh, congratulations on really uh, taking on this initiative and, and helping people and con- con- continued success to you in the future. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, enjoyed it today. Let's do it again as the season goes on. And uh, for everybody listening, tweet me. Yeah, let's, let's start a dialogue going here. That's right. We'll get you some more followers and more conversation going on Twitter at Steve Garvey 6. Thanks, Steve. Thank you so much. Take care. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. Hi, it's Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I team with nationally known sports writer and broadcaster Rick Buecher, former Nike PR senior executive Lee Weinstein, and veteran strategic communications executive John Lashway to form media and social media training firm Everything is on the Record. The Everything is on the Record team provides a unique blend of strategic PR and journalism expertise to our clients. We have worked in the trenches in corporate boardrooms with CEOs and company spokespeople. We've also worked in newsrooms alongside editors and reporters. Everything is on the Record uses an innovative and unique approach to media training. Through the use of current media and social media examples tailored specifically for you, we prepare you for how best to relate to the digital media world that exists today. Whether you're meeting with a reporter, sitting at your home computer, or typing on your smartphone, you're on the record. We'll also put you through real-life scenarios where you'd be dealing with a reporter so when you see the real thing, you'll be well-prepared and comfortable. With a goal of enhancing your image, 
protecting your reputation, and helping you connect with the people who are most important to your brand. We will show you how to develop the skills you need to be successful in a world where everyone has a camera, a recorder, and a desire to make news. For more information on our services and to learn more about our team of communications all-stars, go online to everythingisontherecord.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at everythingisontherecord.com. You can call us today at 503-701-2215. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Well, it's been another great edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for making the time to join us again. You can find us online at sportsbusinessradio.com. You can follow me on Twitter at SB Radio. Thanks to our guests this week, B.R. Kahneman from Band and Dunes, Maury Brown from TheBizOfBaseball.com, and baseball legend Steve Garvey, former Dodger, former San Diego Padre. Make sure to support his auction. I also want to remind you, I've got an event coming up in New York that I'm doing with former ESPN talent Rick Buecher. We've got a company called Everything is on the Record, where we media and social media train our clients, mainly athletes, coaches, people in entertainment. Uh, if you want to register for our event or find out more information on it, May 22nd at the MLB Fan Cave in New York City for Sports PR Executives. It's called the Sports PR Summit. You can go to sportsprsummit.eventbrite.com. Sportsprsummit.eventbrite.com. We'll have some heavyweights from the uh, sports industry in attendance. Every single professional sports league, the NCAA, brands like CAA, Wasserman, Media Group, Red Bull, Adidas, lots of great brands will be on hand. We'd love to have you join us on May 22nd. So go to sportsprsummit.eventbrite.com. Griggs, uh, who's your pick for the Masters? Uh, that's a good question. I am, oh man, I don't, I don't even know if I really have picked one yet, one yet but I think uh, Snedeker or, uh, you know, T- Tiger's going to be top five, I think. I don't think he'll win it, though. But I think Snedeker is my probably my pick. I don't know why I'm thinking. So that, that's it, it's interesting because you know in Vegas they've got Tiger or the field, and <laughs> so it sounds like you would take the field instead of Tiger. I think so. Yeah. Interesting. How about you? Boy, I don't know. I, I think Tiger's playing some great golf. Uh, he hasn't won at Augusta since 2005, though. Mm-hmm. I tend to think if I had to take that bet, I'd probably take Tiger, okay. which sounds a little crazy instead of the field. Uh, Roy McIlroy has been playing better. You've always got to look at Phil Mickelson, who plays well in Augusta. Bubba Watson, the defending champion. Yep. But uh, I just have a feeling Tiger's been in a drought. He hasn't won a major since 2008. He knows how important it is to get back on track in the major game because he needs four more to tie Jack Nicklaus. Sure. I think he's going to get it done, but we'll see. No, I'd be. I mean, if he wins it, it's going to be. It'll be huge, and the media will love it. And uh, I think it'll push him forward to more major wins for sure. You know, speaking of Tiger, it was interesting. Uh, his press conference this week at the Masters. I thought he seemed the most relaxed that I've seen him in years, frankly, and mm-hmm. definitely since he's had his off the course ordeal of the last few years, he seems to be in a good place mentally. And golf is so much a mental game. And he's a grinder, and you know he's dating Lindsey Vaughn now. I thought it was a, a great PR strategy that he put the pictures of he and Lindsey Vaughn out there, so kind of uh, diffused the paparazzi a little bit. Yep. He seems to be taking uh, control over 
uh, his life a little bit more. So I don't know. He, he seems to be in a good spot. And like you said, when Tiger is in the mix in majors or in golf tournaments in general, it's great for TV viewership. It's great for the game of golf. The casual fan is engaged. So from that standpoint, if you're uh, Tim Fincham, the PGA commissioner or uh, CBS, you've got to hope that Tiger is at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. For sure, definitely. I mean, the ratings go crazy, and he's just infectious to watch, and it's a great tournament. I'm, I'm going to watch whoever's leading because it's just so fun to watch the Masters. I love it. I just once want to see a, a great duel coming down the stretch. I want to see Tiger against Rory or Tiger against yeah. Phil or Phil against Rory, maybe Bubba Watson. Give me a great duel coming down the stretch. I think that would be just fantastic TV. Yeah, I want to put Bubba in the same spot he was last year and see if he can hit the same shot. <laughs> you know, did you see ESPN Sports Science that they did? Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> literally almost impossible what he did, especially after they break it down and the backspin he put on the ball yep, and yep. the trajectory and the angle. And I mean, I thought that was one of the best sports science segments I've seen, frankly. It but was. it gave you a sense, especially when they gave the the kind of the – helicopter aerial view of where he was and all the trees that stood between him and the green. It was a magical shot. It was a shot of a lifetime, frankly. Yeah, it was crazy. It's fun. Masters is awesome. You always look forward to something crazy like that happening too. Well, have a good week and we'll talk to you soon. I want to thank our show staff, our executive producer, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Doug Zanger, a podcast reminder. You can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just click on the iTunes icon on the front page of sportsbusinessradio.com to have our show podcast downloaded to your iTunes every week. We'd love it if you post a review of our show on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at SB Radio. Again, find everything you need about us at sportsbusinessradio.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio.